0: Alright, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winners in some of pro wrestling's biggest head to head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham. I'm back riding solo, and I want to start off today with a little bit of an update on the podcast um, due to some difficulties outside of my control. As some of you may know, probably most of you don't, the WWE Network has ceased to exist here in Australia, and all of the streaming has been switched over to a streaming app called Binge, a subsidiary of Network 10 or Foxtel, I'm not sure which actually over here in Australia. Anywho, basically the network doesn't exist anymore, and similar to the situation my US counterparts went through with Peacock, very little is actually on Binge right now, so my access to the wwe archive has basically ended this makes it really difficult to go back and watch old raw and nitros i was actually going to do a clash of the champions versus saturday night's main event i'd watched three quarters of the saturday night's main event had taken my notes i'd also watched a raw and was waiting to finish the nitro as well so i had two partial episodes uh, written up ready to go and the network comes crashing down and it hurts my side we're out of action so i'm left with um very few choices here and i've sort of pondered it for a little while and you know in the time i would normally watch wrestling to record for this show i started just watching wrestling related things that i hadn't got around to watching while i've been riding my exercise bike i've watched the wwe legends on my phone the biography season one um and then I got a new TV recently. I managed to get a lot of the apps that I have to use various devices for all on the TV. So, I started watching the WWE Treasures, and about halfway, maybe two-thirds of the way through, it occurred to me, why don't I just review some WWE shows that I do have access to? Um, I've always been a stickler for the head-to-head part of this show, and I guess difficult times mean you've got to adapt a little bit, and maybe it would be easier to get some content out just to review a series rather than to, you know, opposing episodes of something when I really don't have enough footage and then something to go against that footage at a similar time frame to review right now. Anyway, I thought I'd review the Treasure show and then I realized I've watched most of the episodes already and taken no notes. My memory is not good enough to give a detailed rundown and I didn't want to go back and watch, you know, 6 of the 9 episodes a second time in the space of a couple of weeks. So I thought I'd check out season 1 of Young Rock instead. Now, this show online has had a little bit of mixed reviews. It seems to be in the category of if you really want realism and it to be super factual with your wrestling history, this is not the show for you. If you're able to tune out and have a laugh and you know, look at some loosely themed old school wrestling stories from The Rock's perspective, then you can get a bit of enjoyment out of it. Your mileage will vary, but I'll give you a little synopsis of season one. Um, if you want to avoid spoilers because you are going to watch it, maybe don't listen because I'm going to give you the main theme of each episode in a little, you know, very quick breakdown one by one. 11 episodes, so I'm not going to deep dive, so I won't give you the blow by blow. You'll be able to go back and watch it, but just a little taste of what each episode's about and how I enjoyed them. If you enjoy this part of the podcast or this version, which we're going to do until we've got enough network archives to get back up and running let me know if you think oh it's not for me but maybe try this open to suggestions just want to do something to keep the content coming because I've noticed with the podcast when it's running and coming out regularly the numbers really do spike up and then when life gets hectic and I don't put a show out for a few weeks the next few shows really do plummet a little bit so hoping to try and stay a little bit more regular I've probably said that every second episode since I started recording this podcast three or four years ago it is what it is I am a extremely busy man to do this for a laugh there's no absolutely no payment involved here so um hopefully that's okay with everybody lastly want to send another big shout out and thank you to matt aka max on twitter who not only sent me that amazing mr hughes intro which has been on the last couple of shows and will be plugged in here momentarily but Also, recently sent me a couple of figures from overseas. Both Lex Luger, a Galoob Lex Luger and a Lex Luger Legends. um, Completely took me by surprise. The mailman comes and drops the parcel. And I'm reading the front. I put the note on there. It says from Manchester United's number one fan or or something of that. And I'm like, that has to be someone who knows me. But I'm not expecting a parcel from anybody who knows me. What on earth is this? And I opened it up and found the figures and was blown away. um, Gave me a good laugh as well as really a heartwarming moment for me when we're in the midst of trying to figure out whether or not we're going to be able to keep the podcast going uh to have someone who's listened want to reach out and do something nice really give me a bit of a kick up the ass to get back in and get recording this week so massive thanks mate um and hope everybody enjoys this version of the show
1: Understand me. Got to understand where I came from.
0: Dwayne Johnson for the 2032 U.S. presidential race. Are the people ready? They are not ready, but they need to see it.
1: <laughs> Let me just take you back to when I was 10 years old, living in Hawaii. I was born into a wrestling family. Of course, your dad was wrestling superstar. The soul man, Rocky Johnson, to me, he was a superhero.
0: Okay, we've got gladiators
1: in the rain. I learned a lot of lessons very early on in life. At the same time, I was just a regular little boy. I'll have your finest tequila. No. no. I'll have a vodka martini. No. no. You have a full mustache and you're bigger than a dad. You look like an undercover cop. I'm 15. I'll put you over with the guys. What, by telling him I was going to be on a Wheaties box? Surprise! beep, There's a little boy here. I'll you, Jack. Ah, that's
0: my boy. <laughs> Nothing is more important than family.
1: You know, when you grow up around wrestlers, sometimes you learn lessons in very interesting ways. So fake, anyways. What happened?
0: I didn't raise. special
1: boy. <laughs> Big dreams
0: for us. My big dream is you.
1: I have had one hell of a life. There's still so much that I have to share with the world. Oh, and I've got some pretty cool stories about Andre the Giant.
0: (laughs) Hey folks, Total Protection, Mr. Hughes here, and you're listening to Raw is Nitro with Total Protection, Mr. Hughes. Yeah, shout out to Lee in Australia. So the premise of Young Rock is that Rock in 2032 is running for president and he's telling a bunch of stories of his life on various news shows. Most of them are with the same reporter. Oh, I've come in here without writing the guy's name down. Um, It's the the guy that is the main character in that terrible blockbuster show on Netflix. Um, You can Google him anywho. Um, Most of the interviews are with him, but some are in other locations as we go through. Every episode starts with Rock introducing the story during an interview and then we flash to the footage and see the story or stories. Um, And they all take place either with him as a kid, about 10 in high school, 15, and then him as a college athlete at the University of Miami. Episode one introduces us to the three rocks, so we get a flashback to all three eras, so we can meet the rock in all his forms, and then a bunch of wrestlers that are going to star through the first season. So they will be like the the ones that we see more than once or get dialogue would be the Macho Man, the Iron Sheik. Rocky Johnson, his dad, obviously plays a huge part in every episode. JYD, The Wild Samoans, and Andre the Giant. Now, I think those names will change season to season as we go further along in The Rock's life, but for season one, that's the main cast of characters as far as wrestlers go. We find out that Rocky Johnson is a bit of a dreamer, uh, always positive, but sometimes can be a bit of a deadbeat dad and let the, the team down, you know, not coming in with the income or bragging about something and it doesn't quite come off. Um... Not too bad as far as introducing all the characters. We get to see all the rocks, um, all the time frames, and it sets the stage. But nothing really happens in episode one. It's just a, a solid, like, welcome to the show. Episode two, um, we see high school Rock scheming to get with, as he calls her, fine-ass Karen, pretending to be rich. He brags about his dad going to a sold-out show, and then he gets Karen to go on a date with him, and it's at a flea market. So, Rocky Johnson had sold this to the family as it was going to be a a big college sold-out, and yeah, it's in a college car park, and it's a flea market with about 10 people. And the swerve here is that Karen loves the show because she gets really invested in Rocky's match. Atta, The Rock's mum, starts a cleaning job for a rich client and a friendship starts to blossom. um, And it gives a really good show of the have-have-not story that a lot of this show is going to tell where she's cleaning for rich people while they're pretending to be rich themselves. Episode 3, this is one of the most wrestling-themed of all the episodes as... Leah Maivia is promoting a huge battle royal in Hawaii, and one by one, all the wrestlers start making excuses to not be in the battle royal, and she gets a little bit suspicious of what's going on. King Kong Bundy says that his mum's sick, and then later on, she gets the exact same excuse by JYD, and they go to his hotel and catch him with a big glazed ham under his hand leaving. And it turns out her rival, uh, Greg Yao, uh, another promoter on the island, is stealing away all her talent and making them sign exclusive contracts. We get introduced to Atta's musical talents, which will become a bit of a theme as the show goes on. And we see um, high school DJ carrying on to chase after fine ass Karen.
1: The goal is always to entertain. That's the driving force behind what I do. So here comes young rock right down the pike and I hope you enjoy it.
0: You must be rich. What's your name again?
1: Tomas. Why'd you say your name was Tomas? Cause it sounds way cooler than Dwayne. This entire series has been inspired by moments in my life growing up. It's my mom and I following my dad around the world as he wrestled.
0: The most exciting part of being in the show is it's about Dwayne Johnson and everyone would want to see that. This is where you make your money.
1: It's my earlier years when I was a teenager. I went to about three or four different high schools. By the time I was 14, they all thought I was an undercover cop. No one thinks that. You have a full mustache and you're bigger than a dad.
0: I'm 15.
1: When I was growing up, there wasn't a real consistency in, in terms of home life.
0: Need any help finding anything? Nah, nothing's really catching my eye. Thanks so.
1: Which eventually led to me buying a car. Here she is. From a crackhead. Good yes, kid. There was another crackhead who woke up in the back seat. Well we
0: had it. <laughs> Jeez, who the hell are you? And waffle. It's an awesome show with tons of super dope characters, and they all have real stories behind them. We
1: examined my later teenage years as I got to the University of Miami. Dad, you were here this morning? I go out of my way to set my son up for success. What, by telling him I was going to be on a Wheaties box? Surprise! <laughs> I mean, it's an incredible honor. We get to really get a good insight into Dwayne's life. I got big dreams for us.
0: My big dream is you. This is a woman who, through a lot of challenges in her life, um, managed to really keep the family together. And she's always was coming from that place of pure heart and love. Nothing is more
1: important than family. My grandmother was the first female wrestling promoter. She said, yes, B twice as mean so that she could get respect from a male-dominated sport. We run the gamut of all these moments and experiences, including the unpredictable world of professional wrestling. We had to cast all the wrestlers: Randy, Macho Man, Savage. Mm, yeah, now that is a precious memory. Yeah, the Wild Samoans, do eat the Iron Sheik. Oh, what and Margarita. Are you holding up to drink yet, Papa? Uh-huh, I'll drink it for him. Junkyard Dog. See how fast you are. Oh, that's quick. Andre the Giant. <laughs> hey! What are you looking at? I think it's something that the audiences are really gonna enjoy. What is the most of the name again? E. Et. <laughs> but I think also they might find maybe a few lessons along the way that we've
0: learned over the years as a family. I'll, my chest. I'll you, uh, No, you won't. <laughs> Episode four we've got DJ Crashing Training Camp. Um, Sorry, crushing training camp for my the University of Miami, and there is a bunch of celebrities watching training in preseason. Apparently, one of them being Uncle Luke from Two Live Crew, and The Rock is so impressive that he gets invited to a party at Uncle Luke's house, where he bumps into other uh, sort of NFL stars and celebrities as well. But on the final practice before the season starts, he busts out his shoulder just talk about practice we sitting here I supposed to be the franchise player and we in here talking about practice I mean listen we talking about practice not a game not a game not a game we talking about practice yeah you're damn right I was talking about practice anywho yeah he busts out his shoulder in practice and he's gonna miss the entire season and this leads to Rock spiraling into a bit of a depression which nearly sees him dropping out of college as he lets all his grades slide Season five picks up a little bit from episode three where there's a punk kid in high school um, who is talking trash about wrestling. He punches him out. Um, but Karen seemed to like it. Um, we get on a, We see a conference call at one point with um, with Atta and the Wild Samoans, Macho Man, JYD and Andre um, and Rock's mum drops and it doesn't matter. So that was quite funny. Um, he learns his lesson. He apologizes to the kid um, and he gets a life lesson when he gets caught stealing later on as well, misses his date, has to stay home with his mum, and his real mum does appear at the end of the episode as well to tie it up nicely. Episode six starts with Rock as president announcing his running mate, General Monica Jackson. They have different points of view and they've debated things wildly in the past, so it's a big controversy, but he wants somebody opposite to him to keep him grounded. We go back to 10-year-old Rock who wants to see E.T. and he's pestering the adults, a lot of wrestlers in the room, and they don't want to take him, Rocky Johnson especially. Um, Pretty funny, (laughs) this just him nagging about going to see E.T. and all the wrestlers commenting on it. Leah announces that the High Chief's belt will be up for grabs in the Battle Royal. Um, and Andre offers to take Rock to CET, but then he doesn't. He takes him to the park, and young Rock is, is all over him, not happy. But they go and meet Andre's birds so, yes, some birds in the park and feed them. And Rock enjoys the day with Andre. Um, Leah lays out plans for the Battle Royal um, and finds out Macho's jump ship to Greg Yawn now as well. Or so she thought, she storms into his hotel to catch him uh, in the act and they walk in on him having sex with his girlfriend in a pretty funny moment. Um, We skip back to Andre and Young Rock and Andre has taken him to the movies and Andre's crying at E.T. We go to the Battle Royal. Rocky Johnson was supposed to win the belt, but he gets swerved in the match because Atta saw him talking to Greg Yao at a restaurant and decides she's going to swerve him before he swerves her. After the match, and he's not got the belt, Iron Sheik's won the title. He goes to Ada, who sat front row ringside, and he says there was no way he was going to go, and he went to tell him that, and she feels horrible. Um, Really sort of a bit of a a moral lesson here, and a bit of a little pull at the heartstrings on this one uh, in episode six. Episode seven recaps um, his first year in college issues. We get introduced to Warren Sapp, um, who comes in and basically takes a rock's place, um we see Leah Maivia coming back into the US after a two-year deportation, which we'll get to later on. Um we see Rock scamming out of his college job, checking phones, not doing it, and almost gets busted. And this episode centers around him and his lazy friend who've been watching action movies instead of checking the phones, having to race to all the phones before the supervisor checks them because one of them is broken and they've got to get it fixed. We have a barbecue for Leah back in Hawaii, and we have Macho, Andre, JYD, Rocky Johnson, the Samoans, and the Iron Sheik all there. Um, it's a bit of a bomb diffuse scene at the final phone. Um, this episode was a little bit lame. It wasn't one of the better ones, um, but, you know, it was fine. Episode 8 is back to 15-year-old Rock trying to get with Karen, um, and football coaches trying to recruit him. He's never played football before at this point. Karen wants dinner at his house, and he's embarrassed because they have a fancy car, and he's been stealing nice clothes to look rich, but they live in a bit of a crappy apartment. He tries to fake her out, takes her um, with his dad's car to a fake mansion, pretending it's his, but they can't go in. She knows it's the mayor's house, etc. Um, Rocky Johnson ends up in this episode having to sell the car to pay rent because his wrestling gigs aren't paying enough anymore. Um, and he gets a bit of a life lesson. Um, he pulls something on one of the coaches, um... I think he was in the coach's bathroom because he's too big and he gave give the coach attitude. And then he went and apologized to the coach later who gives him a chance and gets him into football. So that's how it all starts for him there. Episode nine, um, we've got a presidential debate to start, um, but he goes for a story about his grandma's toughness. Um... Rocky Johnson in this episode hears about his upcoming tag team title run, uh, or tag run, which should lead to the titles with Tony Atlas. And on the, he says to someone, um, can you tell Tony Atlas to stop talking about women's feet in public? And that was a pretty funny moment that popped me. Utter gets invited to star search. Um, the grandma is, uh, sorry, Liam Ivea is damaging Greg Yao's property, um, on, you know, dumping things on his car, smashing up his statues out front of his house. Um, and 10-year-old Rock gets challenged to a fight on the beach uh, where his boogie board, which has become his prized possession during the show, gets taken from him as a gang of youths stand him down. Yao has a sit down with Leah and she lays out her terms, basically telling him if he's going to book a show, he has to pay her five grand and all the wrestlers have to be booked through her where she's going to get a percentage. Comes across a little bit like um, Greg Gagne meets uh, Fabulous Moolah here in this bit, um, but it is what it is. It turns out Yao's snitching on her to the FBI and was wearing a wire and this is going to lead to her deportation soon rocky johnson takes young rock back to the beach and tells all the youths rock will kick any of their ass one-on-one but for now he's taking back the board um and gets that back for him nice little father some moment there it's, it's funny, actually, on that, like, a, a, through the course of season one, Rocky Johnson becomes a better dad. I think The Rock lays out first, doesn't want to put him in glowing terms because, obviously, you know, things weren't perfect growing up, but he definitely softens his stance and makes him look like a better and better dad as the season goes on. Episode 10 sees Warren Sapp taking DJ's spot. It's not a remarkable episode, this one. The family's using coupons for dinner um, after... Rocky gets one snap in the world title game. So he barely plays like five seconds, um, works his ass off all summer first in the gym. Um, but then when he goes back for day one and he's in the gym at sort of 5am, he gets in there and Ray Lewis is already in there. So even when he's working at his absolute hardest, there's bigger NFL stars coming in and getting ahead of him. He gets in the team, gets a few more snaps. He's not a starter, but he does actually start to become a solid player, but He's got no future in the game. He's been overlooked. Um, he does win an award for academic turnaround for getting his grades up, but he is not um, not drafted in the NFL draft. The NFL... Um NFL draft, sorry, it will be the story of the final episode. To round out season 10, his dad's now teaching at a wrestling school and his mum is working a crappy job um, selling insurance, I think, in an unair conditioned building. It looks pretty horrendous. Episode 11 has Rock singing and then his last interview, um, back to the 10-year-old Rock, and he's about to go to New York. He wants to go on the road with his dad, but it turns out his mum's turned down her opportunity to go on star search because she doesn't want them both on the road and no one to be home with rock so rock gets a bit of a lesson from rocky johnson about not talking about going on the road with his dad and hurting his mum's feelings when she's given up her dreams to stay home we've got a farewell barbecue for rocky johnson but at the barbecue leah gets arrested for extortion um dj in college is trying to force his way into miami um sorry when, when we get, oh, wants to force his way into the Miami team, wants to force his way into the NFL draft, but he goes undrafted, as I said before, and the season wraps up with him getting a call to the CFL, and we see him walking through the snow to get there, um, and it ends with the real rock and his mum holding hands on a bench and having a bit of a heart-to-heart before walking in to find out whether or not he's won the presidential election. So that's sort of the, the breakdown bit by Bit. I really enjoyed this show now it's filled with inaccuracies but I'm far from like a, a wrestling nerd these days I mean I record a podcast about it and collect a bunch of wrestling figures so maybe I am but I don't watch and need to know and have every bit of information anymore I just go back and watch what I enjoy and and talk about it on here um and it's really nostalgia for me these days so you know it was it if you were looking for historical accuracy could you pick at this yeah absolutely but if you wanted to you know, turn your brain off and sit and enjoy a a show that happens to be wrestling themed, which you know, when I was a bit younger, there wasn't really anything on the air like this. So for me, I really enjoyed it. Um, the wrestlers that were featured in season one, I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown of how well I thought they were portrayed. Macho man, I'm going to go a six out of 10. He's not big enough. And the voice, like the guy tries to do the voice, but I feel like Macho has got a really distinctive voice that most people can impersonate. So not nailing it When you're a TV actor, it's, yeah, I think room for improvement. The Iron Sheikh I thought was solid and I gave him a 7 out of 10. He really did look like the Sheikh and I don't think he sounded like him, but his mannerisms um, and his cadence was close. Rocky Johnson I thought was a solid 9 out of 10, but I didn't watch Rocky Johnson growing up, so to the pictures and what I have seen, it's pretty spot on. JYD I thought 6 out of 10. He's too big and he doesn't have the JYD charisma in the show, so he's just really a big black dude, I don't think that's enough to be JYD. The Samoans, I'd say 8 out of 10. They really do look like the wild Samoans. Um I, again, I didn't see the Samoans heaps growing up, so you know, if you want if you're a bit older than me and we're watching 70s wrestling and want to argue, I won't argue with you. And Andre, I'm going to go a 7 out of 10. He's not big enough like as far as wide, but he's quite tall. He's the biggest character in the show, and I think like the French accent, it can't be as thick as it was in real life or you won't understand him, but it's definitely a heavy accent in the show and give that french sort of you know like he does have a french accent basically but it's clear enough to be on tv so overall i thought the cast of wrestlers in season one were pretty good i've seen some of the photos of uh, it might be season two maybe season three i'm not sure and yeah it does look like some horrendous casting choices are coming up but in season one i thought it was pretty good so i'd definitely give this show a thumbs up and recommend you go and watch it if you can you know, if you're not one of them people that's going to nitpick and and hate everything that's inaccurate, I think you'll really like this show. If you are, maybe check out an episode or two, and if you don't like it, just turn it off. But, um, I you know, I'm looking forward to season two and season three here. So very much keen to, to review them again. If you enjoyed hearing about them, let me know. I will definitely do season two and season three. If it's of interest, if you hated it and thought this was the worst episode ever, totally fine. Send me a message or put it on Twitter. I won't take any offense. I'll probably laugh along with you to be fair. Um, But yeah, keen to know if you guys want some more reviews like this, or if you've got any other ideas that I can do to keep shows coming out while I wait for binge to upload some content. I thought I'd end the show just very briefly talking about the WWE lost treasures first season that I watched recently. And I will do a recap for season two when it drops. It's not out over here. I actually didn't look up whether it's out anywhere, but it's definitely not out over here episode one was mick foley looking for mr soko his brown mankind shirt and a cactus jack vest and here's when we get introduced to i can't remember the guy's name but the guy who's going to drive a hard bargain get himself a personalized tour of the warehouse and rip people off quite a bit later on throughout the show um we get to meet collectors some of them you know various items through the show they'll gift or they'll trade or they'll sell depending on where they're at um And some of them will absolutely take the piss with what they get in return. But I guess it made high drama for the show. And um, AJ is the one taking people around. I think he's top dollar. I... I don't watch modern wrestling. I'm really sorry if that's not who he is, but that's um, what I think I found online. Episode two was Taker and Kane. This was a good one. They were looking for the urn and they found it in a funeral, uh, like a funeral museum, I think it was called. Um, And it was someone that Paul Bear had gifted the, um, they were looking for the urn that was used at SummerSlam 96 for Paul Bear to turn on the Undertaker. Um, Kane's mask. And then uh, along the way, they found Kane's Unabomber gear. Pretty funny moment when AJ offers a price for the Unibomb gear to Kane and Undertaker basically laughs him out and says he's got to pay more. Um, So Taker had gone along trying to help find the gear and ends up negotiating against WWE's uh, delegate there. Episode 3 is Jerry Lawler looking for the neck brace that Andy Kaufman wore, one of his robes and one of his crowns. Um, They go to collectors and they have to pay a pretty hefty price to get them back. We've got Booker T in episode four chasing his King Booker robe from, I think SummerSlam 2006. Uh, He fought Triple H and that same collector from episode one's got it. And Booker T tries to swap him for a Queen Charmel dress. No dice. Tries to swap the Queen Charmel dress and booker t's nwo tights which i thought was me more than fair no dice again i can't remember what he gets a ton of cash that stuff and then something else i think oh a, a video call with stone cold but the guy really does drive a hard bargain and seems to get whatever he wants for this stuff and they end up going looking after looking for the u.s title booker t first one they can't find that one they they visit conrad here and he's not got it no one knows where it is and Junkyard Dog's collar. I'm not sure why Booker T is looking for that, but they do. Teddy Long's in this episode as well as they try and find the collar. They do eventually find it and bring it back, by the way. Episode five was Sergeant Slaughter looking for his and Iron Sheik's gear. Um, I didn't take too many notes on that one. Um, That was, you know, it was an okay episode, but wasn't one of the most exciting. I don't think Slaughter and the Sheik are two people who's like, who have that iconic memorabilia that I think would have to be on display. You could pretty much just take any one of their sets of boots or outfits and put it on, but you know, they make the most of it. Episode six simile is Jake Roberts and they're looking for a bag that Damien was in. Again, not someone that's got tons of iconic memorabilia. I think you could put pretty much a pair of snakeskin boots and something like that for Jake, but it is what it is. Number seven is a dream team and it's Brutus and Valentine. And I really enjoyed this one. They look for Brutus's shears and one of the hammer's robes, that black and red robe, which was really good. Um, and they do manage to find that down. And also the mega maniacs mask, which was a pretty cool find as well. Episode eight, I really enjoyed Andre the giant. we look, we've got Mark Henry and big show looking for his passport and some other items and, in the end, they find what they're looking for with Sonny Ono and he invites them in. They think they're going to negotiate and he puts him in the middle of a live auction, which they lose and they get really pissed at Sonny Ono. I'm sure this is all a work, but it was quite funny. They do eventually find an Andre passport, and I think they get it on loan to put in the museum. Um, They go to Andre's ranch, and they meet the the woman who basically looked after the ranch, her and her husband, but her husband has since passed away. Really feel-good episode, this, and if you're a bit of a fan of Andre like I am, it was an enjoyable one. And the grand finale, episode 9, is definitely the most dramatic. It's Ric Flair looking for the butterfly black robe, which he wore famously for Rumble 92, Survivor Series 91, a bunch of other events. Um, and they get hosed by a faceless collector who has another collector on his behalf eventually he says originally that he'd swap it for another robe plus some boots conrad donates the boots just out of his collection without charging um, and they find another robe which was the lion robe from the first starcade in the possession of charles robinson they go and make him feel like shit taking it they swap him a different robe for that robe by telling him how important it is to flare so there's some tears shed there then they take the robe and boots and go for the swap minds have been changed and they now want i can't remember what it was 25 grand cash um they go to meet up to do it and they've changed their mind again conrad offered to pay the cash by the way bumps it up they double it and then they go over it again i think it ended up being about 60 grand on top um There were some pretty heated words and some pissed off people, but they got the job done. And in the end, the butterfly robe is 50-50 ownership between WWE and Conrad. So they're going to quarry it back and forth depending on when they need it for things. So they found it in the end. Charlotte was involved in this one as well, by the way, as well as Ric Flair. Um, but yeah, a bit of a saga to try and get that. The treasure show I definitely would recommend watching. It was super enjoyable. A couple of episodes were meh, but out of the nine, I'd say six or seven were really good. Um, it just depends on, I guess, like what treasures they went looking for and how much like of a big deal you think it would be on a display. I mean, personally, I don't think. Many people would care if a Mr. Socko was a genuine, you know, in-the-ring Mr. Socko or one they drew the night before putting it on display. But some things like, you know, boots, robes, tights, etc., they are important to have. And they do look cool in the displays they're setting up. This show seemed to indicate that they were putting together a physical museum or Hall of Fame. So, if that ever does occur, I'd definitely love to go. And it makes for good television in the meantime. So there you have it. Two seasons of wrestling TV that I've watched while I'm not able to put stuff together for my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Um, as I said, totally open to more suggestions. Throw at me whatever you think, whether you like this, didn't like it, if you tweak it, if it needs more sound bites or you know, if you'd rather a deeper dive, maybe break it up into multiple episodes and do a deep dive like I do the pay-per-views or maybe you prefer just skimming over it so that you can go and watch it if you think that you've enjoyed what you've listened to here but totally open so I'm rambling a little bit now I'm gonna let everyone go thanks for listening and bearing with me while I figure out a way to keep the podcast running and I look forward to speaking to you all again very soon